Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, your ears are about to tickle. You are listening to a podcast with two friends sharing their opinions and their love about things they enjoy. This is the Disaster Party Podcast. Whoa, daddy. Let's get it. Oh, oh, daddy, if you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let them boys explain. It's free, and there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many, many more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. And that's the Disaster Party Boys telling you, go do it now. Welcome to Disaster Party Podcast. I know you've missed us, but we are back. I am Rob Cedeno, joined by my co-host. Oh, whoa, daddy, it's your boy Andy Bivians. It's B-I-V-I-A-N-S for I am the one true, whoa, daddy of studio, whoa, Bivians, I-N-C, and your American icon. Listen, you may thought that we were done, but tonight... We're on episode 91, Whoa Daddy. This is true. And again, like I said, we haven't been around in a while. Uh, life kind of took us both. Uh, I it's Just scheduling issues. Yeah. But we're hoping uh, it's starting now. <laughs> we'll, we'll be on a bit of a better schedule moving forward. So you should hear from us more often moving forward. Excited. Hopefully. Yes. Get back on our flow. Yes, yes. Uh so just some things that we are thinking about recording. Uh, we have today, we're going to talk about uh, Ant-Man and the Quantumania. Uh, we're thinking about doing AEW Revolution. There it is. Uh, then I believe The Last of Us will be ending shortly after that. And then uh, I know Brent and Sean wanted to come on to do a review of Megan and some other movies. So we definitely have some stuff upcoming. And we got to try to get some know that neighbors in there. So look out, Facts. we're coming back. I'm excited for Megan. I've been wanting to watch Megan for the longest. Yeah, I'm just waiting for it to hit a streaming service. And now that it's on Peacock, it's kind of cool. 
Oh, I'm excited. I rewatched uh, Wakanda Forever the other day. Pretty still, good. still, still is good. Still is good. So, uh, Umbaku was on the Tonight Show, and he was going over the uh, the War Cry, and it means like for the win or something. And then he goes, he starts doing it with the crowd, and I'm like. Oh, this is actually kind of dope. Like, this is hard. Like, I can, I can see me getting ready to like pump myself up for something. And just find myself, my fire. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Pretty cool. Especially right before a match, <laughs> and the people are like, oh, oh. what? What like, the oh, fuck is that? What is he? What is he doing? I mean, I've seen people do crazier shit before. So, oh, I'm sure. why not? I'm why not? sure. <laughs> yeah. So today, like I said, we will be discussing Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania. So we're just gonna do like a like a quick run through of the movie. Probably add some things here and there. Talk about things that we found. Talk about things, theories, stuff like that. So before we jump in, overall, Andy, spoiler free, what'd you think about it? Um. Ooh. I liked it as a movie. It was very it was good, but it wasn't as good as I thought it was gonna be. And um I do like the fact of how like everything that's happened so far in this phase kinda goes here and kinda like comes together, which is cool. Okay. Yeah. What about you? What did you think? What are your thoughts? I thought it was pretty good. Uh, it was. I thought it was very similar to um, Shang Chi, in the sense like huh. Shang Chi didn't really feel like a Marvel movie, but it ultimately was because it was so different. And I thought this was very similar because ninety nine percent of the movie takes place in, um. The quantum realm, so it's all like CGI'd. Obviously, uh, it felt like like almost like a Star Wars movie, like very um, fantasy, uh, sci-fi ish. So, uh, in that sense, I thought it was cool. Um, was it the best Marvel movie ever? No. Was it top ten percent, top fifteen? Maybe, maybe. Um, I do like where it leads. When I tell you later on, because uh, there's two post-credit scenes, and both post-credit scenes actually get me really excited for what's going forward. Okay. I understood the first one. Did you, though? I understood the first one. If, the, if, if I'm thinking of them in the right order, I understood the first one. The second one threw me for a loop. Okay. Like, I, I understood will... why it was there, but I was confused. I think I'm going to explain both of them. And you're going to be like, I did not understand either of them after you explained it. I'm excited. Okay. All right. I do like the fact that they had a lot of uh, Star Wars references that they made within like them being in the quantum realm. Um, which is cool, especially the one towards the end 
Which you're going to have to remind me on that, yeah. Yeah. I will say, though, so I didn't watch Ant-Man and Ant-Man and Wasp before seeing this. Like, I've watched them in the past, but I didn't watch them, like, going into seeing this. I watched Ant-Man and the Wasp after seeing this, and there was a big continuity error, in my opinion, which I don't know if anyone else caught it if you go back and watch, but I will explain it. And it kind of bothered me a little bit. Okay. And it's not the daughter. Because I know some people were like, oh, well, they changed the daughter from Endgame. That didn't bother me. I actually didn't even realize that until you said it right at this moment. Because, again, I haven't seen it either since then. No, no, Endgame. Um, Yeah, yeah. Because she's she's still a kid in Ant-Man and Wasp. And now she's like a full grown teenager, almost adult type deal. Yeah. Also, before we get into this, because I've been dying to tell you this story. Oh boy. (laughs) So we went to go see Ant Man and the Wasp at AMC, right? As you can see, I got this lovely popcorn bucket that lights up. That's a popcorn bucket. Yeah, it the the top opens up and you can put popcorn in it, and it lights up as you can see. I can't turn the light off really because, uh, yeah. But so, got the nice popcorn bucket, AMC movie theater, right? So I get there and I was like, all right, let me get a let me get an Ant Man bucket. So she gives me the bucket, and then she goes to give me popcorn. Right, because with uh, with the bucket, you're supposed to get like a popcorn, or in some places, you get a popcorn and a drink. They put my popcorn in a box top, like a cardboard box top. <laughs> okay, and I'm watching her scoop it, and I'm like, in my head, I'm like, this is odd, but like, you know, we went to Wild Wings beforehand. I had a few, so I was like, maybe not. So <laughs> I'm walking around the side. And my buddy Matt's waiting for his food to come to him. And they're holding their popcorn buckets. And he was like, yeah, I had to ask them for popcorn. Because he was like, oh, it comes with popcorn? It's like, I'm not paying all that money just to get the bucket. (laughs) No popcorn. So they gave him the popcorn. So I was like, all right, you know what? I want butter. And if I put butter in this little flimsy thing, it's going to leak all over me. I'm going to be pissed off by the end of the movie. So I was like, hey, miss, I'm so sorry to bother you. Can I get another bucket? So that way I can put my popcorn in it. And she goes, I'm sorry. You know, it's only one per customer, you know. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, one per customer. Oh, all right. No, I'm not talking about, like, the Ant-Man bucket. I'm talking about, like, can I get, like, a, a normal popcorn bucket? She goes, yeah, no, like, it's only one per customer because, you know, it's it's sold by inventory. So, like, we can't just hand out buckets. So at this point now, I'm, like, super confused. So I'm like, okay, what? I was like, but, so, when you buy the large popcorn, it comes in a bucket, right? She goes, yeah. I was like, so, I can't get a bucket? She was like, well, no, it only comes for one customer. I was like, so, his popcorn's in a bucket. His popcorn's in a bucket. Why is mine in a box top? She goes, oh, someone gave that to you like that? And I said, no, I jumped over the counter and scooped my own popcorn. (laughs) (laughs) She goes, okay, let me get you a bucket. She grabs the popcorn bucket she places it down next to me and she goes, so 
do you want to do it or you want me to do it? And I'm like, forget it. I'll put, I'll, I'll do it myself. Now I'm scooping out of this big box top my popcorn into my own bucket. <laughs> when they have, when they have scoopers or whatever, like yes. But she gave it to me in a box top. And then when I spoke to somebody else, that me and you both know, they did it to him too. And they put it in a bucket. And he thought, this is odd, but all right. But he didn't ask for another bucket. Me, I was just like, yeah, no, I want butter on my popcorn. Like, how do you eat this boy? It's going <laughs> to leak through the plastic. It wasn't even plastic. It was like. No, I'm like, talking about the mask thing. Like, no, it, I couldn't even put it in the mask. Like, I could put it in the mask and put butter in the mask. Like, you know those when you get, um, like, the computer printer paper? Yeah. You know the box that comes in? You know the top for that box? Yeah. That's what I got. I got the top. Like, cardboard. <laughs> and if you put butter on that, it was just... First off, you should, probably shouldn't serve anybody food in that. Like, it's not like one of those, like, uh, it's not like a drive-in movie theater thing where, like, you can put it in there and that, like, that's what they use the popcorn for. No, it was like a paper box top. Jeez. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's what I went through to get popcorn. I went to Regal <laughs> and I didn't get popcorn, so. Fair. Fair. Yeah, I have this obsession now with, like, getting the masks at certain movies, or getting the buckets at certain movies. So, like, now I think I got this, Black Adam, and... And uh, Marvel. Oh, uh, Black Panther. Black Panther one's cool because it's got um, oh, I forget their name. The the Medalla, the women fighters. Oh, got it. On top of the uh, the drink as like a little like a meatball. Oh, yeah, I saw those. Yeah, so those are like cool. A, yeah, those those cool. Yeah, I'm mad I missed out on the Shazam one though. So mad because that one lit oh. up too, and it was metal. Well, there's another Shenzhen movie coming out, so. Facto. But this one was a Black Adam one. Ah, oh, sorry. There's never going to be another Black Adam movie because, well. It wasn't that good? I mean, it, it was okay as a movie. Yeah, it's a, if, if, it's, if you're just like, oh, it's an action movie without knowing anything, yeah, it was pretty good. It's a Superman movie. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's a bad Superman that turns good man i can't even talk about that because i was so hyped at the end of that and i was like oh i see the direction they're going and they fucked it all up so <laughs> banks just goes i want to watch the lightning man movie <laughs> awesome. he does he does lightning and i said yeah we watched it already he goes i want to watch the lightning movie again I'm like, that's okay. awesome yeah also as the fan ladies and gentlemen i think we're gonna have to do this i think rob would agree that even though I fucking hate, uh, I don't hate him. I disagree with their choice in actor, but we have to cover the Flash. Okay, as a DC fan, no, I'm down because it looks good and everything around the Flash looks good. Once I saw the the, the trailer for it, I'm excited for it. Yeah, yeah, I still hate the actor though. Yeah, he's a scumbag. He's a piece of shit. Piece of shit. Facts. I agree. All right, so maybe we should uh... back to him, man. <laughs> yeah, back to him. 
back to our regularly. I can't even fucking talk tonight. Yeah, <laughs> it's been a while. We gotta get Ant-Man. back into things, right? All right. So, do you wanna start it? Let me see. Let me, let me, let me pull it up. Well, the the movie starts with him with Scott like walking down the street, basically like, "I'm an Avenger. My life has changed so much," and he's he's just basically like. I used to be a criminal, and now I can't even go down the street anymore. And then he goes to a coffee shop, and the guy's like, <laughs> "Oh yeah, thank you so much, Spider Man. The meals for, or the coffee's for free." And he's like, "Uh, yeah, totally." <laughs> yeah, I'm Spider Man, which is kind of funny because like that's like a nod to Spider Man because nobody knows who Spider Man is anymore, and apparently, like this movie also has the all right, I'll stop talking for now. I just realized. But yes, it's a nod to Spider-Man because of uh, of Strange's involvement, making nobody know who Spider-Man is. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we can kind of sum up the um how to uh how they get to the quantum realm. Like I said, it does a recap of Scott just basically saying he's an Avenger, blah, blah, blah. And then it shows their happy family and blah, blah, blah. And then his daughter, Cassie, who um, I guess has been doing a lot of stuff during the five-year blip. But that doesn't make sense either, if you think about it right there. Because they made it seem like she's been working with Hope and Hank Pym during this time to build this thing, right? This like thing to quantum realm thing. And they made it seem like while Ant-Man was blipped or Scott was blipped, they were working on it in that five years. But if you remember at the end of Ant-Man and Wasp, Hank Pym, Janet, and Hope get blipped. Yeah, Scott's just stuck in the quantum realm. Yes. And and, oh. and, and never how I said there was a, a continuity error that I'm going to mention. It's coming up real quick. Um, so basically, um, Cassie gets arrested because she was at some protest thing and Andy fill in this, the, what the protest she was Oh, the protest that she was at is actually one of the uh, protests that was back in the uh, the Winter Soldier and um, Captain America, when they were fighting against the uh, the Flag Smashers, so that was kind of one of the protests that was like set up to um, the for like the people in the blip who kind of like lost everything or the homelessness in the blip. It's like the second time that they mention it. Mm-hmm. So. She gets arrested. Scott goes, picks her up. Hope goes, picks her up. Her mom does not make an appearance in this movie at all. Did you realize that? Yeah, yeah, I noticed that. But they said many times, like, mom's going to be mad. But they never showed her, and her mom didn't show up to bail her out of jail. So, So, uh, yeah. Where do I start with the with the the continuity mix? Do you oh, realize mine's, that they mine's always coming say up. that? 
They always so I you see you said before right that they always said that Ant Man was blipped, but Ant Man wasn't blipped. He wasn't blipped. He well maybe they thought he was blipped. Like he, he was, was just stuck in the quantum. Yeah. Yeah. And then um yeah you never see her. Even though I'm pretty sure she was living with her mom, right? Who? You never see who? Cassie. Oh, you're dude. You're like, you never see the mother. Like, is like ten seconds behind. Oh, is it really? Yeah, like I see your mouth move, and then your, and then I see the sound, and then I hear the sound after. Hold on. Maybe it will fix itself. Right. Can you hear me now? Better. Better, yeah, okay. better. Okay, yeah, yeah. I had to reset it because I got a call. Oh, um, okay. um, so yeah, you. She was living with her mom this entire time, right? I don't know if they even mentioned that. I just know at Endgame, when Scott comes back, uh, he goes to what I believe is his ex-wife's house, where Cassie is. Because where else would she live? She's she's a little girl. Yeah, so I assumed. But she was in Ant-Man and Wasp. Yes. But yeah. she wasn't in Endgame, and she wasn't in this. Nope. And neither was her husband. Yeah. But, I mean, honestly, it doesn't – they weren't needed. That's true. Like, but it, it if they were going to be in it, it would have been for, like, 15 seconds. Yeah. Or maybe his the friends weren't scene. in it either. Oh yeah. Well, one of them was. Yes. <laughs> he voiced. He voiced a different character. Yeah. Yeah. Also, in the beginning, when he's going over his life, and he's talking about his book and his podcast. Oh, I forgot about that. His podcast is actually mentioned in She Hulk as being like the number one podcast. And of him telling his story, like his him reaccounting his uh, days with the Avengers, and if what I read is right, there is a actual live book of his coming out. That's that oh, book. That's funny. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's one thing. Is basically Scott lets all of this go to his head. He ends up like writing a book, starting a podcast. He does like a book tour, and all he talks about is like, you know, did you read my book? So he kind of like you could see he kind of turned into like pretentious, kind of douchebaggy, right? So, all right, so this is where the continuity era is, and I'm gonna go into this. So, after she gets arrested, they all get back to the grandparents' house, like uh, Hank Pym and Janet's house, and they're having dinner. And Hank, you know, turns a little pizza into a normal sized pizza using the, you know, the Pym particles, all that stuff. So while they're at dinner, Cassie's like, oh, uh, yeah, I built something in that time. You were gone. I learned how to do this, this, and this. And Scott's like, what? And either, even Janet is like, what? And if you remember at the end of Ant-Man and Wasp, they got Janet out of the quantum realm. Okay? Yes. All right. So just remember that. So now they go downstairs into the basement and Cassie is showing them this thing that she made, which apparently communicates with the quantum realm to get, like, it's just data reasons. It wasn't like anything else. 
And all of a sudden, Janet starts freaking out. She's like, turn it off, turn it off. No, no, no. I told you never, never go near the quantum realm. No, no, no. It's dangerous. It's dangerous, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm going to stop right there. Okay. Before I go any further. In Ant-Man and Wasp, when she gets back, she even says, wow, there's so many powerful things in the quantum realm. If only we can harness some of that power. And they they end up going so she she's saying that in Ant Man and Wasp. She's like, Oh no, the quantum realm. We we could we could really do some good things with that. And then she used the quantum realm power to heal ghost to get yep. him to stop fading. And then that whole scene in the post credit scene when Scott gets trapped in the quantum realm is because Janet, Hank, and Hope put him there. To go get stuff for a ghost. Yeah. So, in Ant-Man and Wasp, she's like, yeah, the quantum realm. Go do what you gotta do. Take all the <laughs> shit. Keep going down. Explore it all you want. Yeah, it's not that bad. No. I mean, I, I was there for 30 years, but it ain't that bad. I'm back. It has so much power. Go take it. And now all of a sudden, this movie, she's like, no, it's dangerous. I told you never go in there ever again. What are you doing? Don't do that. So I'm going to play. Continuity ever. I'm going to play devil's advocate on this one. Okay. I'm going to be completely wrong because there's there's one scene, too, right before that, that caught me. And I was like, that doesn't make any sense. Because, all right, where do I start? Okay, I'm going to go back a little bit. Actually, no, we'll start here. So the quantum realm. Maybe she was okay with keeping her secret about the quantum realm because it was only Scott going in and out, grabbing whatever resources they need to. The reason why she had a problem about the quantum realm is because um, Hope sent a satellite beacon or to Cassie, the quantum realm. Or Cassie, I mean. Okay. To the quantum realm. Letting Kang know exactly where they were. Or a way out of the quantum realm. So it was almost like a parallel door in and out. Okay. I could see that. But if you were... If you're scared of the quantum realm, you should always be scared of the quantum realm. Her stature changes drastically, but I also think she's she was. Uh, now, how they say like you're Americanized, like if you move from somewhere else and then like you start taking everything. I think she's been home long enough to where like now she's normal. She's not. She doesn't have to fear for whatever it was like she's not like a badass warrior in the quantum realm anymore like she kind of let her guard down now she's like oh shit i gotta go back i don't know how to fight this well no because they didn't even plan on going back you remember she she freaks out oh no hold on this is important so what before they go down there and she freaks out they show these smart ants that hank has been training and he basically says that they're making their own colony and blah 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 that play that'll play a role later. So actually, that scene right there is where I have a really big problem. Oh, okay. Because Cassie says that she's been working on this as a kid mm-hmm. to find her father 
Mm-hmm. When he was in the blip, the blip, but he was in the quantum realm. But how she would she know? Find she, him. How did she? But how did she know he was in the quantum realm or in the blip? She didn't know. There's no way that she would have found out. But she wanted to find the homing beacon to find. The only thing I can think of is maybe she had, and I'm literally playing devil's advocate here. Maybe she had um, access to some of his tech, and she tried to use the tech to to track the suit. But even if, like, she was a little girl, like she was like what eight or nine, probably. So I think she's she's. she's... She's. They portray her to be like eighteen to twenty in this movie. But when when he goes away for the first time, she's like eight, right? Because the Bumblebee man just jumped. Oh, in her the room first movie. Jumped her. Yeah, yeah. She's like five to seven. Yeah. And then the second movie, she's still young. She's probably like ten to thirteen, and she doesn't have access to Hank. Because she doesn't have blipped. access to hope. Blip. She doesn't have access to the mom. Blipped. So, and then where did she get this time. technology? Iron Man's in space. She doesn't know Iron Man. She doesn't know any of the Avengers because he's technically not an Avenger yet. Mm-hmm. So, where did she get this technology or this to knowledge? Work on this. Yeah, doesn't make sense doesn't make sense yeah there's a lot of yeah if it was hank's daughter i would understand that because then you could say like oh it's in her genes to create something special and i'm going to give you even more devil's advocate now that you're saying that in ant-man and wasp if you remember because i watched it recently hank oh no 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 Scott and Hope were not together. Like toward the end of the movie, they started yeah. they started becoming an item. Right? Yep. And and if you think about that, toward the end of the movie, they started becoming an item. And then toward the end of the movie is when they got flipped. Cassie so, does know her though. No, but Cassie at that point, I don't even think met Hank. No, uh, I don't. She think definitely so. met Hope. She, she might have like, met Hope, but I don't think she met Hank because so. she was like, "I like her and I want to be like her." But you have a new sidekick now. Yes. So she definitely met Hope. Yes, but I don't think she met. If I remember correctly, she, I don't think she met Janet, and I don't think she met Hank. So at that point, what technology is she getting? That where's she pulling that shit from? Because it's not like Scott has that technology because all he does is wear the suit. He's not like a super smart guy like that. Does she still have the super smart? Oh, no, because the super smart ant isn't evolved. Unless that big ass ant is evolved. Yeah. And now it's like her pet. I don't know. Doesn't make sense. So let's move past this then because (laughs) it just doesn't make sense. No, the story should just end there because I'm confused. Yeah. So after Janet freaks out and she's like, no, 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 turn this off, turn this off. She turns it off and then all of a sudden it turns back on and then it starts taking everything into the quantum realm and it takes all the people, Janet, Hope, Cassie, Scott, Hank, 
and the ants, everything in there. So you just see them like falling through this like giant quantum realm thing. They all get kind of separated. It ends up being Scott and Kathy in one area, and it's like Hope, um, Hank, and Janet in the other area. And now they have to fend for themselves. Um, Hope, Janet, and Pim, Hank, are they seem a little bit more comfortable because Janet clearly was there for 30 years so she understands it i also thought that um i questioned that maybe when scott was going into the quantum realm to get the stuff mm. for ghosts maybe he wasn't going in that deep because when they get sucked in they get sucked in like yeah they're at, the, they're at like the the planet of the quantum realm yeah not just like floating yeah yeah, so maybe that's it. And if you look at where, if you look at the surrounding of Janet in Ant Man and Wasp, it was just very like, just, I guess whatever you want, like mountains. There was no like, it didn't look civilized. But then this time it looks civilized. There's like people and aliens and animals and like, like an actual like planet. They never really connect, like, where she was when they took her away or how she got away from um Kang. They do. Sort of. Yeah, Hank found her and that's when he took her. Yeah, in Ant Man and Wasp. Where was Kang? Kang was not mentioned. But you gotta think, you we'll get into it, but she interacts with Kang and then is running from Kang for years. So it's just when Hank found her in Ant-Man and Wasp, I think she was more like, oh, my God, Hank is here versus, oh, my God, I still have to run. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So um, so you can cut me off and continue uh, or take it. So basically they get down there. Um, Scott and Cassie get put in this area and – you know, Cassie does not have a suit right now and they end up meeting these like aliens and they kidnap them and it seems like they're going to hurt them. And they're like, drink the liquid, drink the liquid. And then Cassie (laughs) has this like liquid down her face and she's like, dad, drink it. (laughs) And he's like, what? And then he ends up drinking it. And this like liquid ends up making you understand the people in the quantum realm. The one fire guy like stops them because like Cassie and um, Scott are like kind of like roaming the quantum realm, and they see something coming at them, and it's like, oh, look at that sun. That's not a sun. It winds up being a monster. And then the guy, um, it's like a robot body, but he like shoots fire out of his face Mm -hmm. and kills the monster. And then after they drink the uh, the liquid, the guy's just like. Let's kill them. Let's kill, <laughs> let's pillage them. He's like, no, no, no. And he goes, oh, you, you, you have a lot of holes. How yes. many holes do you have? So you know the the Russian guy, his friend. Yeah, that's who voices the pink blob thing. So that's why when you're like, oh, his oh. friends are. When you said his friends aren't in the movie, I yes. said, well, well, he voices the pink blob guy. The Russian guy so from Ant-Man 1 and 2. That makes sense because he's also in Suicide Squad. Yes. Yes, yeah. he is. Yep. Yeah. Um, so actually, um, the then there's a guy who has powers and he can like read their minds. 
and he's actually from uh he he's in the good place that show good show Mm. um and he once they drink it he's trying to talk to them and he's you know you gotta remember what they're saying what scott and cassie are saying sounds so foreign to what you know these people from the quantum realm are realizing to the point that this guy's like uh no i'm reading their minds and they're telling the truth because i guess um we don't know that yet but we'll kind of tell you these this group is actually kind of like freedom fighters and rebels against kang's army um so i'll just go into it now when janet they they reveal that when janet was on the in the quantum realm she kind of got sad and she almost died at one point because of a monster attacked her and kang who crashed his ship ended up helping her and they became friends and they worked together to rebuild his ship and he made all these promises like i can control time i and she was like well i just i let my daughter down i left and i never came back and he's like i could put you right at your door as if you never left and and then so she was like oh okay so then they end up trying to fix up his ship and they fix up his ship and she touches it and because she touches it she sees like all the bat like everything he's done like his essentially like his aura or whatever is in this ship so when she touches she feels everything and she's like whoa 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 like you're a bad guy and then she ends up taking some of the pin particles and expanding this one gear that needs to be part of his ship which then makes it useless but in the same thing is that kang didn't have his powers up until the ship was fixed and it was only fixed for like 10 seconds 15 seconds but he still kept his powers but he didn't have this power core to to fix his ship um so then uh, basically uh he has powers and he ends up building this army and janet ran ran away from him because she has pin particles to said fix the gear or whatever the power core so he is now chasing her through the quantum realm and that's basically they reveal that's what she was doing for those 30 essentially 30 years was running away from kang because he he got his powers and she realized that he was a bad guy and he wants to just destroy everything. And he was trying to get out of the quantum realm to kill everybody. And she was like, I can't let you. I can't let you do that. Yeah. It wasn't until his ship was fully powered that I think like he was one with the ship. And I think the reason why he kept his powers is because she didn't necessarily destroy like the, the thing she blew up that Rob was talking about was kind of like a like an energy source, so to speak, or like a like an engine. And she didn't destroy it; she just made it so big that he can't put it in a ship and go home. Yeah. So I think because that was still running, that he was still he still had his powers because of that because it wasn't destroyed. But it was also like the and we'll explain it later, like the power and the energy of that and what it could do and the infinite possibilities uh, like in space around it so to speak yeah so we kind of went on the timeline of scott and cassie so with janet hope and hank 
they land and Janet's like, Hey, listen, I think I can, I have some old friends that could probably help us out. And then at one point they, they get this army, like this traveling army that's going around and she kind of confronts them. They give her a ship or no, they give her this like flying thing. And then she's like, I'm going to go see my friend. So they all hop on this flying thing and go to this like bar where um, they go to meet Lord Cry Krylar, who is come on, give me his name. Is uh is uh, uh all I wanna say is Ghostbusters. Yeah, Ghostbusters. Um Wow, why am I drawing a blank? I don't know. I'm drawing one too, that's why I passed it to you. It is it is it is Bill Murray. Bill Murray. And it's cool, cool for this scene because um like we said, they're they're in the quantum realm the entire time. Mm-hmm. So this entire bar scene was kind of paying homage to the cantina in Star Wars. Yep. And then if you saw the people that were working there, all the droids was also homage to Star Wars as well. Mm-hmm. So at this point, they go in there and Janet orders like goo for Hope. And everyone to drink so they can understand what's going on. They sit down and Bill Murray's character, Krylar, um, clearly him and Janet had a thing when she was in the <laughs> quantum realm. And he was making it pretty obvious in front of Hank, and which was a comical scene. And then all of a sudden you realize that uh, Bill Murray or Krylar ends up turning on Janet and them. Because now he works for Kang. So then he has like, oh, this one thing was kind of cool though. Um, so he asked for food. Bill Murray's character asked for food. And it's like it's like essentially like a squid. And they give one to everybody. And he's just like, yeah. And you could see the squid is like, no, no, no. But like you could hear it like very mousy. No, no, no. Yeah. And he fucking eats it, like kills it in his mouth. If you think like um, the boys, when there's that scene when uh, – uh, whatever, the main the the villain, the superhero, the Superman guy. Oh, um, um, he he forces the Aquaman character to eat uh the the squid that he like <laughs> loves. It was kind of like that, but less graphic. So the only reason why I play that in there is because so he eats it, and then everyone else is like, "Nah, we're good." So all of a sudden, Kang's like army comes in and they're fighting them, and um, Hank throws one of the pin particles to at one of the squids that was in the bowl and it hit the squid blew up as big and then it ate bill murray yep. <laughs> um, essentially um and <laughs> you then they, my friend <laughs> yeah and then they end up getting uh in his ship which was controlled by like the arms which was kind of funny and just put your arms out and then like the whole thing like sucks your arms and he's like flying like that yeah. and then <laughs> him and his wife start going back and forth it's okay I saw somebody while you were gone too oh yeah it didn't work out what happened <laughs> she wasn't, wasn't you here. baby yeah. <laughs> like but then smooth. after this point I can't remember how they get captured um so they don't just yet Okay. Well, um, so as they're at, so going back to as they're Scott, flying, that's when Janet uh, describes everything that we did already about her helping Kang. Yeah. 
And then um, she's like, uh, they're like, we got to go find, um, we got to go find, why do I keep forgetting his daughter's name? Scott Cassie. and Cassie. And the mother's like, oh, well, I got to do something first. And they're like, well, we got to find them. He's like, oh, I got to do this first. So then it switches over to Scott and Cassie. And because they're, because essentially Kang pulled them into the quantum realm because of the beam that Cassie let out. So Kang's ships and warriors now storm this kind of um, rebel, like, base. rebel base that they were at. And it turns into like one big giant like Star Wars brawl, and there's like shooting. The houses are alive. Yeah, the, like, the house is alive. He's like, you guys have dead houses. <laughs> <laughs> so like the houses are shooting at the ships, and there's just ships coming in everywhere. It looks like um, Darth Vader ships coming in at super speed and stopping and kind of shooting at everything. Um. Oh, the, but the, the, uh, if, if I remember correctly, Bill Murray's character said, oh, because she's because Janet's like, oh, I'm looking for like my granddaughter and Scott. And he's like, oh, they're probably already dead. They sent the killing machine at it at them. Yeah, they, he already knows where they are. And in this scene is Modoc is introduced uh, in this scene who. uh <laughs> Interesting. It's not comic book uh, accurate, if I remember correctly. Uh, it is revealed to be Darren Cross, who, if you remember, in the first Ant-Man, he was Yellow Jacket. And essentially, he did not die it, when he got shrunk. He got sent to the Quantum Realm and then found by Kang and then restored into this mechanical uh, baby head, like big head with the baby legs and arms. You know, I just realized that that's a nod to Darth Vader. Modoc? Yeah. Oh, because the way that they, they did it? Yeah. How they put him in the suit, and you see his little legs and his little butt just kicking. That's <laughs> put true. him in the yeah. suit, and then they you put the head on top. Bit. And then, um, uh, and it's funny because in the beginning, uh, earlier, they have, like, uh, Scott and Cassie are going back and forth, and she was like, I can take care of myself. I don't have any nightmares. I watched you fight a big guy in a bee suit in my room when I was eight. And then there's the callback when Modoc shows up. And I feel like this was like the comedy version of Modoc. Which yes. was But it was like it was weird. It was like comedy, but he was also an asshole, but then he was like a redeemable redeemable asshole. But... I am not a dick. <laughs> I am not a dick. So I'm an Avenger now. We'll get into it. Um, I'll touch you. <laughs> <laughs> um so yeah, so the Modoc comes and then that's when he kidnaps him. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, he pretty much takes over. And they can't like fight anymore. So then, yeah, he takes them. Yeah, yeah. So they they like kill a bunch of people, and then they kidnap some of the main people. So uh, now is when Janet tells them all about what happened to Kang, and Kang uh, just adding to what that was already is Kang basically tells Janet that he was exiled by his own variants out of fear because he's like apparently the most dangerous one which i'll talk about later um 
And so, like I said, Janet uses the pin particles to enlarge the power core, making it unusable so Kane can't leave. Um, but he regained his powers, and then he basically takes over the quantum realm, like we already said. So I'm just going through it. Um, so now Ant-Man and Cassie, so Scott and Cassie, the legs, were taken to Kang. Kang basically threatens Cassie, and it basically says, you have the pin particles. I need you to go to this thing, shrink this, and give it back to me. Again, he doesn't tell Scott that he's going to destroy everybody by helping him. He just says, do this or I'm going to kill your daughter. So uh, he says, okay. So they bring him to where the power core was expanded. They throw him in to this thing. He goes by himself and he goes into this area that manipulates his mind so it starts with one scott and then i guess every time he thinks of going in like a different direction it creates like different variants of him of like all these different choices and then there's like thousands of him and then there's one scott that's like when he worked at baskin robbins in the first one and then <laughs> like they look like they, like they kind of lift him to the power core and then they end up falling and at this point um hope or hope and all them get to the power core at the same time because janet realized like that was what they were going to do so then um hope hops out of the ship and she flies into where scott is and she starts like doing the same thing and she ends up helping Scott and they get the thing. They, they shrink it, they get it. Um, but now I don't, at this point, I didn't think hope truly understood what was going on. And Hank clearly didn't know what was going on. And then Kang is like, all right, give it to me then. And um, <laughs> he doesn't. So this is where um, I think that hope's mother was going to the power core to destroy it. Uh, so she was headed there, didn't know that Scott was there, but as they got closer and closer, his radio comm started working with Hope again. So she knew that he was in there. She jumped in to go kind of help him out. And then, like, when she gets down there, like, it's pretty much them two trying to fight Kang. And Kang's like, I'm going to take it from you anyway you can't defeat me. So he like, kind of like fucks up um, Hope and Scott and then he takes the power core back for himself. And they're trying to be like, uh, well, you can't give it to him. You can't give it to him. And Scott's like, I had a, we had a deal. We had a promise. And now that you said that, Kang never said like, I wasn't going to kill your daughter. <laughs> and he was like, well, oh, she's, she's better off. What did she say? She's better off with you dead. Something like that. Oh, because uh, oh no, later on, uh, Modok has a line too. He's like, she was like, I'm I'm gonna help my dad or protect my dad. He's like, he's never there for you anyway. What does it matter? And I was like, because <laughs> <laughs> that was the whole thing. It was just like she had to raise herself and be yeah. there for herself. Um, so then after that, he gets back, and I think um, he takes Hope's mother back with him. Which was weird because it looked like he had like some type of like mind control on her, but like he didn't have a mind control on her. And then they go back to his now ship that is like a building, and he shows her um, like what he's been building since she left him down there. And 
in my eyes now that I know like there's like a lot of Star Wars stuff here. When she when he shows him that, it kind of reminds me of uh, Attack of the Clones, mm. where they have the long clone drones that are like standing there waiting to like deploy, and it's pretty much all of his soldiers. Yeah, he said, "I'm gonna take I'm gonna take myself and my army out of the quantum realm." Yeah, yeah, because he's pretty much gonna bring what he built in the quantum realm and put it on like another planet, and. Um, because wait, at this point, right? He he, sh- um, Modok is after Hank Pym. Shoots down that ship, right? So then Modok mm-hmm. leaves. Cassie is still with Kang. Um, Janet gets captured by Kang. Hope and Scott try to fight Kang, fail miserably. Yep. And even Kang's like, uh, Janet's like, no, leave the like, don't kill them. And he's like, you stranded me here. And I survive. Let's see if they do the same. And then they fly off, leaving them like like alone. Um, yeah. But then uh, Hank ends up getting saved by those smart ants who ended up growing and building this whole like colony with like uh, weapons on them and shit like that, which was kind of cool. Uh, Cassie ends up escaping, and she helps uh, rescue one of the rebel fighters. And they start like an an inside like uprising against Kang inside his like facility because she's releasing people um, that are in jail. So now you have Janet and Kang in the room. You have Cassie releasing the the criminals. Then you have um, Scott, Hank, and Hope on their way to Kang. And then – so no one knows if Scott and them are alive. So Cassie is basically fighting for her father. Essentially, she's like, my dad was an Avenger. It's like she ends up going on this like, oh, no, that's what it is. Kang ends up doing this like telecast to everyone in Quantum Realm being like, I'm the lead. I'm your leader, blah, blah, blah. And Cassie ends up like hacking it. And she takes over the comm and she's like, all right, now's your time. You you all wanted to fight Kang. You you don't want Kang. Now's your time to, to rebel. And then Scott and all them are like, okay, let's go help. Right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, oh, no, no, because uh, Hank is not there yet. So it's just uh, um, it's just Scott and Hope because Hank comes later. So now it's Hope and and Scott, and they're like, okay, we just have to stop that thing from flying. So uh, Scott turns big, starts running at the fucking like <laughs> castle thing, and then you have Cassie who is releasing people, but now Modoc is chasing after her. And now – so in that scene that Andy was talking about earlier, like the Star Wars scene, the shooting, and how like they got captured originally, Scott and Cassie – Cassie at one point does have a suit and she puts it on like she kind of like puts it on. So now she is like Ant-Man so she can get big, small. So jump and click. (laughs) Exactly. So, so all of this is going on. Uh, Cassie's fighting MODOK kind of funny because when he has the, like the mask on, he looks deadly. And then when he takes the mask off MODOK, he just like a big expansive face. (laughs) Big ass face. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so like like I said, that's when um, Morak is like, well, you haven't had your dad in forever. It's not like he's going to help you anyway. Um, so now Hope and and Hank – or no, Hope and Scott are trying to ram the 
the fucking castle while you have Janet on the inside. She was she, no, she was she was just standing there, right? She wasn't really doing yeah. Anything. Janet wasn't helping yet, not yet. And then so uh, Kang was trying to launch his his like whole castle out, so they stopped that. And um, Scott turns big and he's doing that, and then Cassie ends up turning big, and she fucks with. <laughs> Modok punches Modok right in the face. Yeah, and then he like flies off. And then it was this weird, awkward scene while Cassie and Scott are both big and they're talking in slow motion ish. They're like, Oh my god, you're so big. This is so awesome. And it was kind of funny. (laughs) Yeah, I'm really hungry. Like I kind of want juice. Yes. And like they have this big funny thing. And then they both they both end up shrinking and and then they end up what that's that's when they get into like the main area of the castle where Kang is well she she after she fucks up Modok and um, she's like running backwards or whatever uh, Modok is like I've been defeated I'm here and then she's like yo you should just stop being a dick (laughs) and he's like it's too late for me I can't. And she goes, it's never too late. Do change. And she says like a quote from like her dad's book. Oh, like, yeah, oh, yeah. Change for the little guy. All right. Whew. And he's just sitting there and he's like, all his guns are like out all around his head. But he like <laughs> just looks fucked up. Um. Oh, no, because this is uh, – th- yeah, and then that's when they do the hug because they're both big. And then they think that they're okay, right? And then all of a sudden, Kang is like, fuck this. I'm going to take him out myself. So he jumps down from the, the castle, and the, all the rebels start fighting him, and he just starts fucking everybody up. like Murking everyone. Like when he shoots people, they just disappear. And I'm like <laughs> – Oh fuck! So he's he's fucking people up. So then all of a sudden everyone's running away, and and then it's just uh, Scott, Hope, and Cassie, and they're fighting him, and they're not doing much better. And then all of a sudden Hank shows up with all these big fucking smart ants, and they just consume like. Kang, they just take over, and then all of a sudden, Kang puts up this like force field that is protecting him from the ants. And then Modok comes over, and he's like, "I'm not a dick." <laughs> <laughs> and then he like breaks through um, Kang's shield, which uh, then I think the the ants end up taking him away, and they are like, "Oh wow, we won!" And then they go up to. Um, the main area where Janet is and then they kind of start they do like a like on the computer and they open up a portal to get out of the quantum realm and um, so they're about to go in right it's like they all go in so Hank Janet Cassie Hope and it's just Scott and um, then Kang comes back and it's this like one-on-one fight Kang v. Scott and again Scott's not really a fighter he's like a thief with these the, the suit. He's not like a trained fighter like Captain America or anything. So he's getting fucked up. It was and, Batman versus Bane. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's getting fucked up. And I uh, honestly, I thought I went into this movie going, someone is dying. Whether it's Scott, Hank, Janet, Hope, somebody's dying. 
Yep. So he's getting fucked up. And I'm like, oh, no, he's going to die. He's going to die. And this is going to establish Kang as like a fucking monster and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, he's going to die. And then Hope ends up coming back and saving him. And they end up pushing him into this like into the uh, the like the power core, which then he kind of gets absorbed into. And yeah. um, the portal closes. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it blows up, and then the portal closes because that's their way home. Because Janet uses the orb as that to bring them back. Yeah. So then they think that like, oh, okay, well we're stuck, but at least everyone else is safe. And they look over and they see all the ants and they and they're like, wow, we won, and all this stuff. And you know, the the rebels were like, no, we're gonna stay here. Thank you so much. And then all of a sudden, the portal opens and they end up going back home so before i go any further sorry there's one line that i forgot when scott and cassie were in jail early on when kang captured them and he was threatening his daughter to go get the power core he uh scott says at one point he goes well i'm an avenger and and then kang goes have i killed you before and he goes, uh, what? And he goes, I don't know. I killed some guy with a hammer before. And he goes, Thor? And he's like, no, I'm not Thor. And he goes, oh, well, he was easy to kill or something like that. And I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> um, but again, it's like different timelines and stuff. So, okay. So go. I just thought that was kind of badass. So okay. it's funny. It's funny you said that because I, I read somewhere that um, because of that line, it shows that in another universe, he killed all the Avengers. So there is a good possibility that there is an OG Avenger team up that brings back Chris Evans as Captain America and Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man um, somewhere. Well, I'll go into that later, too. Uh, also, when the rebels come and they start fighting after they get the message that Cassie put out uh, to get them there, when the uh, the houses start zooming in, and you see all like the houses start flying in. Apparently, that's paying homage to um, um, Rise of Skywalker when all oh, the rebel okay. ships were coming in, which is cool. And then after, so um, once Kang puts up the shield because he sees all the ants coming, and then Modok blows up the shield. He's lying there, and he's like, "This is it for me." And Scott's like, "Yeah, man, you did great." He goes, "Yeah." I'm an Avenger now. He goes, uh, <laughs> wait, uh, uh, yeah, man. He's like, yeah. Let me touch you one last time, because we were such best friends. He you goes, were my best friend. Uh, and he looks at Hope, and she was like, "You were." Well, wait, was that was that after Kang was destroyed? When it was just the two of them? That's after the ants took him away. Got it, got it, got it. Got it. And they're oh, standing okay. there, and they're all celebrating, and he's just like, yeah. This is it. I'm an Avenger now. I'm so I glad I got to die an Avenger. <laughs> I, and I, I'm not a dick. I'm not a dick. I'm not a dick. Last Dying last words. I'm not a dick. <laughs> and then he just dies awkwardly. And everybody's standing there. And it's so awkward for like the entire group. They're just standing there. just like, uh. I don't think he's dead, though. All right, let's go home. I don't think so, either. But I also think that there is a variant of Modoc. Yeah. If that makes any sense. 
Yeah. Um, so, so now they are all back home. Uh, everything is good. And just like the opening scene of the movie, Scott, it was like an inner monologue while he was doing all this stuff. He was kind of <laughs> like, my life is this. And it's showing scenes of him going through it. So now it's, he's doing the same thing and he seems so happy. And he's like, wow, well, you know, that was interesting. I stopped Kang from destroying, uh, leaving the quantum realm and just, and I stopped him from destroying everything that we know. Wow. Good day. That was fun. Okay, cool. And then all of a sudden he was like, then he started getting dark and he was like, but didn't he say that he was just one variant and they were all afraid of him and it would doom everything that I know. And, oh, did I do something wrong? anyways uh yeah (laughs) and then he just goes back to like his positive thinking and then they're at dinner and it it was like a dinner for cassie's birthday and she's like it's not my birthday dad and he goes well i missed a bunch so i'm trying to make up for it (laughs) and then he takes a bite of the the ant cake that they made custom from uh (laughs) the baskin robbins manager yeah he's like this is the first cake i've made in 14 years so the bat that Baskin Robbins guy is somebody, and I don't know who it was, but he played. He's like a cameo in there too. Oh, okay. I don't know if he's like a director, or if he's like some someone else somewhere, but um, but then uh, uh I just had one too, as you were saying that. Um, I lost it. I lost it. He's going back. He's saying. Oh, did I? oh, that's what it was. Got it. So in the beginning, he's walking, he's walking around, right? And he goes to get coffee and like a bagel or something or whatever. And the guy was like, it's on us. Thank you, Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, they were like, oh, I know who you are now. You're that ant guy. And he was like, yep. He was like, thank you so much for the coffee. He's like, you're welcome. It's 375. No, he was like, like 1375. He's like, yeah. for coffee? <laughs> now, now they're charging him because he's not Spider Man. Yeah. <laughs> Which was funny. Um, so now let's talk about. So that's how the movie ends. Uh, let's talk about the post credit scenes. Bum, bum, bum. All right. In the first post credit scene, it shows. Three different variants of Kang. And they're basically, uh, to summarize, they have noticed that this version of Earth or this multiverse or this, you know, whatever timeline of the MCU, he they realize that they have been messing with the multiverse and the timelines a little too much. So they gather all of the Kangs in an arena and they're all cheering and they're getting really excited and they're bringing them all in. And you could see them getting all like appearing in this arena, like looking at each other like, oh, yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. And it's like they all look – a lot of them look the same, but then then there's some that are different. Like I believe one of the three was like a pharaoh. One was like a wizard-looking dude. And they all had different accents, but they were played by the same actor. Okay. Yeah. So, what was your take on this post credit scene? Um, just that it was a lead up from Loki, and I think it's so much bigger. Oh, I believe it. 
I, I definitely believe it. Um, yeah, the one the thing I got from that was just like it was a lead up from Loki because in in Loki he was talking about how like there were so many more different variants of him and so many more different timelines of him. And even if you kill me, I'm still gonna come back and I'm just gonna change into somebody else. And then, well, he's not gonna change. It's just different versions. Of him. Yeah, but, you but I guess all like, of these, all of these kings, feared the king that was in the quantum realm. They feared yeah. him. So the fact that they, he appears dead. Um, they were like, "Whoa, these people are getting too strong," and that's well, why. I agree. I agree because uh, I think he says that too. He was like, "Oh." If they start messing with this, then they're going to mess with everything else that we have. And they even show the same quantum timeline that they had in Loki with the same branching off. Um, everybody was scared except one guy. And one guy wanted to kill him. And I'm thinking that that one guy is the most powerful guy. They're the most powerful version of Kang. I can't wait to tell you what I think. What do you think? I think that they're setting up the secret wars and that arena is where the secret wars is going to take place because secret wars is basically when I think I'm pretty sure in the comic books, Dr. Doom sends all the heroes from different universes onto battle planet, which is where they fight it out. And I think their battle planet in the MCU is going to be this arena where all the Kangs are and the audience of the battle planet of the secret wars is going to be all of these Kangs watching Ooh. the heroes basically kill each other. Ooh. Okay. And, and that this is showing that they're setting, that they're gathering the Kangs for the arena. To because set secret, up for, secret Wars is, is the next one, I'm pretty sure. Or it might go Kang Dynasty, then Secret Wars, or Secret Wars and Kang Dynasty. But that's how I looked at that is that they're gathering the Kings to watch the battle, like the battle secret war battle arena thing, like battle planet. But doesn't, doesn't the battle planet kind of lead into planet Hulk? No, no, no. Uh, uh, planet Hulk is based. I believe it was Sakaar. Yeah, it was Sakaar in the – I forgot what – something – I forgot what triggered them in the comic books to send Hulk to Planet Hulk, but it was unintentional. Their intention was to send him to like a sweet, innocent, peaceful planet, and his ship gets hit by like a meteor and launches him off course, which then he gets sent to Sakaar, which is why he ends up getting pissed. And then when he escapes, it ends, he comes back <laughs> to Earth. And then everybody it's like, up. yeah, and then he fucks everybody up. Um, but then they mentioned uh, uh, going into that is in the uh, planet, oh no, War War, World War Hulk, which is the storyline after Planet Hulk. There's a superhero called Sentry, right? And he's mm-hmm. like a good guy, bad guy. He has like this thing in his mind called the Void, which makes him like evil. And they mentioned the Void twice in this movie i don't know if that was like a nod to sentry but he's basically like a superman character like he flies blonde long blonde hair uh blue and blue and like golden blue uh 
but I don't know. Um, but yeah, I think that would be really cool if that's like the arena and it's like their interpretation of the battle world. I think that'd be really cool. That would be dope. That and, that would be pretty cool. And and you said that you think that there's going to be like an OG team that uh, you know attacks uh, uh, like fights because that Thor was killed. Yeah. Here's a rumor that I've read is that you know how in Multiverse of Madness when that whole Illuminati team gets killed by yeah. Scarlet Witch? Yeah. There's rumors that Robert Downey Jr. is going to come back in uh, Secret Wars as that variance or that Earth's Iron Man from that Earth where the Illuminati was killed. And he's going to be superior Iron Man, which he's like, he's like a bad, he's like not a good person. He is bad. And that Iron Man is going to be an Iron Man that's in the Secret Wars. And he's coming out for vengeance because his whole team got killed. That's going to be dope. That's going to be dope. Yep. All right. So now, second post credit scene is now it shows Loki and Mobius who again Mobius is Owen Wilson he's in the Loki TV show and they are they locate a Kang variant in the 19 early 1900s like 1910 and it's Kang but he goes by a name called Victor Timely and the rumor is is that well in the comic books at one point Kang gets killed or one variant Kang gets killed and he actually gets put back in time into the 1910s as Victor Timely. Oh. So they're thinking that because the Kang that was in this movie he got absorbed into that power core it looks like they're yeah. saying that there's a possibility that that Kang did not get killed and now he got sent back to 1910 and now he is Victor Timely hiding under uh, because again he got he got out but he's trying to hide now because he could be defeated so he's trying yeah. to hide from the other kings because he's the one that remains well there's another rumor that I read and it actually makes sense is that he who remains the king that we see in Loki they say that he's the strongest one because he was keeping all of the other variants of himself at bay. He was controlling all of the timelines and condensed it into the one timeline that we know is the MCU, the actual timeline. And you think he got so powerful, he got bored. And that's why um, Sylvie ends up killing him in Loki. Because he was like, listen, you kill me, they're coming. I can't stop. He go. He basically, he's like, I can't stop them. If you kill yeah. them, they're coming. So, what? He gets killed, and then that's when Multiverse of Madness happens. That's when all these other movies start, like cracking the, the multiverse. You know, Multiverse of Madness, Spider Man No Way, uh, the the newest one, whatever it is. Yeah. And then Loki, and like all this stuff is now multiverse stuff. So they're saying that that he who he who remains is the strongest Loki because of how much he was able to keep under control. Or no, the strongest uh, Kang. That's interesting. 
it's also very interesting because like I don't know will we ever get like the starting point of when the multiverse cracked well they say it's Loki they say it's Loki but because when they he also dies, say it's strange wasn't there a theory that in Loki when there's a moment where Kang pauses when he's talking and he's like I can't see the future anymore. Oh, yes. What was that in relation um, to another movie? It was uh so if you if you line up that show with the movie, yeah, what movie though? It wasn't Multiverse of Madness cuz that that didn't come out yet. It wasn't no. And it wasn't Spider-Man, I don't think. Oh. It was uh when he grabs the Tesseract? No, it was WandaVision, I think. When she, like, at the end, when she, like, lets everything go, he feels her, I think. I don't know. But I forgot about that, yeah. And he was yeah. like, oh, I can't see anything anymore. <laughs> yeah. So, cause, because uh, I, think it's, I think it was WandaVision, because she can, like... They're saying that Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch would be the best opponents for Kang due to their power. So then maybe it was when he erased Spider-Man's mind. It could have been Wanda when she like undid everything in that town. It might have been that. It might have been like, you know, like in WandaVision when all of a sudden she gets her full costume. Yeah. I think that's what it was. Or it was Spider-Man when the the crack. I don't remember. But I think Spider-Man came after Loki, so I'm not really sure. I can't remember. But that's it's going to so you got to think of like all the different multiverses just like in the perspective of this is all the different multiverses that Doctor Strange went in in Multiverse of Madness, and then you got to think now you have the three different multiverses of Spider Man, and you know what I'm saying like right there. And then I think that's how they're going to bring X Men in because they're going to bring in like the old one. I think that's how Deadpool is going to get introduced. It's going to yeah. be like he's going to jump through a timeline or like a a, a, a crack. <laughs> oh, look at this! <laughs> but I actually read a rumor, which again I don't know if it's true or not, is. When Janet was using the computer to open the portal up, uh, there's a rumor going around that she opened the portal up to a different Earth. Because when you see the screen, it's cracked like this. Like the, the timeline is cracked like this. And apparently it's not uh, – I think this is like Earth uh, 616. And I think she ends up going to like Earth 630. Or something like that, if you look at the number. So they're thinking that she, like, brought them to a different, like, Earth. Like, a different multiverse. Uh, well, wouldn't they not realize that they were... If it if it's not a drastic change, they might not realize it. But that and means Janet in that Earth had to be trying to open a portal to... Because they were there when they went home. Everybody was still there. But I'm saying when Janet was in the quantum realm, when they uh, first opened the portal, like when when it was just Janet 
Hank and Cassie and Hope that went in before yeah. Hope came back. Apparently, there's a shot at a computer that uh, shows like this different line or and like a different number. But again, if it was like a slightly different universe, they might not know right away. And who knows? It could be a universe that Captain America is still young. Iron Man's still alive. You know what I'm saying? Like, and then that could be a way to reintroduce these people. But you don't know. So what if – okay. So now I'm thinking I'm thinking possibilities. Yeah. What if that new Earth is when they lost Scott? So they've been trying to get him back this entire time. And they finally got the machine to work. They opened the portal to get their Scott back. But Scott's original Earth hasn't built that technology yet to try and go there to go get him. Yeah. I mean, they didn't really show. I mean, again, that could explain why that guy all of a sudden was like, oh, yeah, you're Ant-Man. $13. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it could. It could. But they didn't show enough of him on Earth to make you think. But I saw something online that showed that. I was like, oh, shit. That's cool. That Actually, that would explain a lot of him knowing, I know who you are now. You're Ant-Man. Yeah, because at one point he didn't know who he was, so he played. And then all of a sudden he was like, yep, I know who you are, Ant-Man. You're the I'm Spider-Man. Like, yeah. Oh, no, I meant Kang. Because remember, Kang was like, I don't know who you are. And he's like, I'm an Avenger. And he goes, I've killed Avengers. And then Which after one? he agreed, he was like, okay, Ant-Man. Like he, okay. he played him. Yeah. Okay. So it could be like, I don't know. It could be a whole thing. But then I read that Shang-Chi 2, Kang's going to be in that too and play a big role. I so Kang, Kang is going to be in like everything moving forward until like he's dead. He should be. Because <laughs> he's going to be – he was in this, Loki Season 1, Loki Season 2, Kang Dynasty, Secret Wars, Shang-Chi. Um, you could only assume like you got the new Captain, uh, new Captain America coming out. Like I just saw like a bunch of different like what's coming out. So there's a lot of movies coming out. You never know. I'm excited. Yeah, that actor is going to be in more movies than Thanos was. He's going to make a killing. Yeah, oh, hell yeah. He might even be in the next Guardians. Who knows? You got to think, even if he's not in the movies, he could be in like these post-credit scenes. And still, or still mentioned in some form of fashion. Yeah. I mean, the actor himself is a good choice for for picking this role. Oh, yeah. He did this and Creed simultaneously. And he he just comes off as like I'm gonna fucking kill you. And I'm not even I'm not even sweating it. Like fuck around and find out. Like that's yep. how he comes across. It's like fuck around and find out. And I'll kill you. <laughs> the more you fuck around, the more you're about to find out. I've done it before in different timelines. I'll do it again. <laughs> Which Thor are you the one with the hammer? <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Body type. <laughs> that's that's what I'm saying. Like he in the comic books, he fucks people up. 
Ooh, so I wonder if Tony Stark's vision of the Avengers dead comes from the arena. I don't think so, because if you watch that vision, you see like the the flying things that Thanos had there. Okay. But if you think Guardians, I think Guardians is the next Avengers movie. That's yeah. going to deal with a, a different timeline anyway. It's the main timeline is there, but you have to think this Gamora is from a different timeline, a different multiverse. Yep. So whether it's a direct story or like a sub sub story, it's still going to be a part is that there's going to be a multiverse aspect to it. Well, I ha- it has to because now that it has the, the different multiverse of Gamora, this timeline is now split off and started doing this. Yeah, so because it's not that, going straight anymore. It's yeah, because the our Gamora is dead, so then they brought a new Gamora, so that Gamora gets killed. Like that Gamora gets pulled out of that one, puts into this one, kind of yep. takes the role of this one, but just get readjusted. So now that one, but then that one doesn't have a Thanos because that Thanos was killed and blipped. So technically, that whole timeline is like healed because Tony blipped all of Thanos's villains. So now there's like no villains in that timeline. So Gamora is like out of that. Could you imagine if they unblip Thanos to fight? Uh, Thanos could be in Secret Secret Wars. He could be. They could bring back. I mean, they could bring back villains, heroes. They could bring back anyone who's ever messed with the timeline. That's what they could do. His brother is in. Um, Eternals. Is in, um, Eternals. Yeah. yeah. It's like so, Fox, Silver Fox or something. Yeah. That that comic story is pretty good. Yeah. So there's, there's a lot. And I think Secret Invasion TV show is the next story. But I, from my experience, because I really like the Secret Invasion storyline, it ah. has nothing to do with the multiverse. Well, that's annoying. So, I mean, they'll probably make it do with the multiverse because everything is multiverse right now. So it's probably like an Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It seems like that. But honestly, Secret Invasion is such a big storyline that I'm surprised they didn't set it up. Because you know how like Thanos was phase one through four or whatever? Mm. Or whatever it is. And he was like the big bad at the end. Secret Invasion is kind of like that. It's like a long, dragged out story that's good. And then it's a good story. And then at the end, they have to like fight the big villain. Yeah. But like... In the comic book, during Civil War, before Civil War, during Planet Hulk, during World War Hulk, during all these things, there was scrolls disguised as heroes for that long. Oh, I remember that from, um, not the comics, but from um, um, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. Yeah, so it's like a dragged out thing. It's not like the you got to think that the, the scrolls were introduced in what the nineties when that's when Miss Marvel or Captain Marvel was took mm-hmm. place. So they've been around at least since the nineties, and now I think the MCU is five years ahead of us. So it's like two thousand twenty eight, two thousand thirty. So they've been around for at least forty years. That's and wild. clearly, and clearly, they're in the government. They're in Shield because Nick Fury's working with them. So, but they 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 showed them as good guys in, in Captain Marvel. But like, they're really like there are good some. 
but then yeah. there's a lot of bad ones. So it could be like some of these good ones that they like let in end up taking a little too much. And then, you know what I'm saying? Like there's a big, it gets like a big fucking thing. Yeah. So for them to just put it in a TV show, I'm kind of like, Maybe that's kind of how they, like, start off so that way, like, you get the gist of it and then yeah. maybe they'll branch off from there. Because, yeah. like you said, like, it's a, if it's been going since the 90s and it's that big, then maybe they need to have a way to kind of introduce it and they can't introduce it within the movies and keep the continuity of the movie itself without the movie being a secret war every single time. So then it gets stale if you're going to see, like, an Ant Man yeah. movie, but it's Secret War. A Spider Man movie, but it's Secret. Like you know what I mean? Like over. Well, and not over even again. that. It's just like they could just subtly because there's like two or three other movies. So they they did Captain Marvel, right? Mm. And then there's another movie. I think it was Spider Man, and he tried to call Nick Fury. Oh no! Yeah, it was the 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 newest one, and he was like, "Oh yeah, uh, ask Nick Fury," and they're like, "Nick Fury hasn't been on planet in three years." But then there was another movie that Nick they showed Nick Fury on a scroll ship flying off. And then there was another movie that they had Nick Fury and Maria Hill in a car. And then at the end of the movie, they turned into scro- the skull yeah. scrolls. So there's yeah. been at least three or four movies that they have mentioned it since Captain Marvel. But all the scrolls that they're showing are the good ones. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's kind of hard to... I mean, it's not hard to sprinkle it in. But... but all you have to do is, like, you know how, like, in Wakanda Forever, like, uh, what's-her-face, um, Elaine from Seinfeld? Her uh, character. Okay, yeah. You could literally – she's, like, a, a real character, but I'm just – example here is that you could just have a quick scene or a post credit scene of her, like, walking into a government building, looking through top-secret files – and just scroll tr- out, scroll out, <laughs> and then just and then her being like, "We got the information we need, okay," and then scroll back, and then turn right back into her, close it, and uh, that's it. Just That'd to kind of cool just to kind of put like, they're not all good. Yeah, because yeah, you're right. Like every every version that we've gotten so far, even the one we thought was going to turn bad and turn on the humans, the winded up still being good. So, because I there's like when... there's like super powered ones, bro. There's like ones that like they end up taking the superheroes' powers, and then there's ones that are like that have the powers of like all the Fantastic Four. So like there's one he's like a super scroll, and he has like he could turn into fire, like like whatever flame, whatever. Uh, Johnny Flame, Johnny Flame, Johnny Storm, Johnny then, Storm. And then he could turn into the thing like the rock and then he could disappear and then he could stretch out. So imagine like a buffed up Hulk looking scroll that could turn on fire, turn into rock, turn invincible and stretch out and punch you from a distance. Yeah, no, you're fucked. Yeah. So like. But I wonder if I wonder if they're doing that for a reason, though. Like you Maybe. see all the good scrolls, you see all the good scrolls, but then when you see that one bad scroll, you're like, "Fuck!" Yeah. Like it's like a big impact type deal. Because in Civil War, the comic books, the first one, Spider Woman 
was like a big lead and she ends up like getting killed and at mm-hmm. the end she when her body dies like when she dies she turns green she turns the scroll yeah and then they're like what <laughs> what where did and she then, go and then that's what kind of starts the secret invasion and like there's a whole deadpool comic book in the secret invasion that he is in a football field with a mascot costume on fighting an arena full of scrolls maybe that might be it maybe that's the next deadpool movie hold on i'm gonna see if i could find this uh is him and wolverine just fighting an arena full of fucking scrolls because i remember when they were in the car and they like and they went back to their like scroll form, and you're just like, "Oh shit, that's not Nick Fury this entire time." Where is? Um, that's yeah. I mean, I I um, Agents of Shield was great. So if they do do a TV show that kinda is like Agents of Shield, I think that would be pretty dope. Um, as long as they keep the same continuity as they did before, where like the TV show matched up with whatever movie was coming out in that like time. <laughs> I guess it's not a, a cover, but that's kind of cool. Yeah. So like, yeah, it's just a good old Deadpool. Good old Deadpool. But all right. I think we've went long enough. On it was it, good man. to get back in the flow. Fact though. Um, do you want to add anything else? Um no, I mean I liked it as a movie. Uh there's definitely a ton of holes in it to where none of it makes sense. Like the goo character that we forgot at one point he got shot up. Because <laughs> so he when they when this blob character made them drink the goo to to hear them to understand, he goes, "How many holes do you have?" And then one of the characters goes, seven And then you see Scott going, like counting. So then at at one point the goo he's like the goo's like, "I wish I had holes," and then he gets shot up toward the later end, and because he's just goo, it's just. It puts holes in him, and then all of a sudden he looks down. And he's like, oh, "I got holes!" And then he like gets big and like eats one of the like the Kang warriors. But he's like, oh, "I have holes!" And he gets like really excited. He turns into like Kirby, and like all of the his like holes turn into one giant hole, and he turns into just like a vortex. <laughs> She's like, "I didn't know he could do that." Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah, there. I mean, I would say that the movie was was good overall. A lot of good action. The comedy was good. I don't think it. it I don't think it was too much. I feel like Love and Thunder tried the comedy too hard, but then I think like Ragnarok was like a good level. I'd say Quantumania was like two steps under uh, Ragnarok in comedy. It wasn't too much. It was. It was just about right, maybe a little less, and but it was it was, yeah. Yeah, I think it had a, I think it had its comedy. Um, Ragnarok confused me when it came to comedy, but then I realized what they were setting up for, which was a Thor Guardians crossover. Um, 
Love and Thunder, I had to watch. Well, Love and Thunder, I watched outside of like the realm of like the MCU and the hype of the MCU. I enjoyed it. I thought the comedy was there. So I'm going to say it's like right underneath Love and Thunder. Oh, see, I thought the Love and Thunder comedy was a little too much. I feel like it was forced, more forced than like Ragnarok. Oh, they were definitely trying harder. Yeah. I think, I think, I think Quantumanium was like, it was like less forced comedy. It was there. It wasn't overwhelming. It didn't feel forced. Yeah. And it was enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah. I That's agree. Kind of, yeah. But, all right. Word. So I'm going to say, remember to like, share, follow, rate, review, comment, and subscribe to Disaster Party Podcast on all social media platforms, including YouTube. Uh, if you can give us a five-star rating, on any and all podcast apps, that would be very helpful. And again, we will be a little bit more consistent, we promise. Uh, so get ready to hear our voices more and to see our faces more. Uh, we're glad to be back. It's always fun to hang out with Andy and chat. And I know when Brent and Sean come back, it's going to be a good time too. So Gosh. for Disaster Disaster Party Podcast, I'm Rob Cedeno. Oh, whoa, Daddy, I'm Andy Vivian. And 